It's hard to speak words after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to start just by asking you about music and Please. your relationship with music and uh, maybe specifically about seeing music as medicine. Oh, okay, excellent. Um, well, for me, like music started really early. My parents were both musicians, and so I was raised like just having instruments around all the time. So it became like second nature, I guess, to me. Um, so it's always been like at the forefront of my life, not necessarily being pushed into it, but just like naturally, just like when I look back at photos of me, I'm like playing this, playing that, picking up a guitar. So I guess it's my like language in a lot of ways. I feel like I can communicate um, deeper emotions or deeper understandings, I think, with sound. Not right off the bat, like when that just started, like I couldn't just jump in and all of a sudden be, but like, you know, maybe 45 seconds, 50 seconds into it, I'm like, okay, I'm in some kind of musical space that I'm not necessarily like um, there for. I sort of am just playing the, the harmonies, the harmonics that are happening. Um, so in terms of healing, did that make sense? Yeah, you say you're not there for. Yeah, I mean, I just get yeah. into the flow of the sound and I'm just reacting to what is happening and what is coming. It's almost like you're, I don't know how to surf, but maybe it's like surfing or something. It's like once you're in it, you just, 
are in it and you're, I mean, it's like maybe meditating or doing yoga when you're really doing your patha and you're not thinking or something, you know, like it's, it's, you can drop into this thing where it's almost like you're playing the sound that's already floating around, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Like there'd be times where I'm going like this and then a couple notes are like, okay, that's where it's at. And then you just know when to add something lower and it's, I'm not thinking so much, but it's almost like the sound is already happening and you're kind of just like, um, yeah, I guess you're playing it, but I, I don't know. I feel like with sound, it's like, it's almost already existing in some ways. Um, and you're kind of like ushering it into the space, if it makes any, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting thing. It's like, I'm still amazed by the sounds of one or two strings coming out of silence and just like, whoa, you know, I, I still can get pretty um, amazed by just that simplicity. And um, with something like this, I tune it so that everything is sort of harmonic. So then you're just kind of um, dealing with different, like a different thing. You're not thinking about chords. You're not thinking about like changing the key or changing. Um, you're just kind of like floating in this space of just sort of rhythm and harmonics. So it's like, it's, you know, you don't want to just keep, it's like there's something very delicate that you're almost listening to the space around you to tell you what should be coming off this thing. I don't, I don't know if I'm making that much sense, no, but I, yeah. I think so. So yeah. what I hear a little bit is, yeah. is what happens maybe is like a falling away of identity yeah. of, of Jesse. Would yeah. you say that that is true? That's what's happening for you? I think when it's going well, for sure. And, mm. when, it, and when you're fighting with the music or you're trying to make something happen, like Jesse or Sadhu is definitely there, like, and getting frustrated. I've been in those zones too in my life where you're like frustrated trying to make something happen with music. And that could be writing a song where you're making all these chord changes happen. Well, this has to get to here, this has to get to here, and I have this idea for this lyric, so I have to do, and then it starts getting almost contrived in some ways, and then you have to loosen back and be like, okay, should I be really composing all these chords, or am I just doing this because, of, you know, it, and that, that's me personally. There's some people that approach music, I'm sure, mathematically and different ways. Um, yeah, it's well, interesting. I don't talk about it too often. It's kind of interesting, like, trying to even... I'm hearing myself talk. I'm like, does that make any sense at all? Why, why do you think that's so, like, sticky to get caught in, like, the mind's uh, impressions of what's happening and the strategy and yeah. wanting something to be a certain a certain way? Like, I imagine that you've been on to this, like, letting go and yeah. tuning into what's already, already yeah. here for a long time. Yeah. But to be aware of it's one thing. To practice it yeah. is, is another. Yeah. That other aspect, right, of getting caught super strongly in the identity yeah. seems to be very sticky, yeah. right? Why do you think that has such a strong pull? Well, I think at the, at the heart of it, a lot of musicians at some point want to be recognized or maybe famous or known so you have to keep kind of honing in what it is that you do and what your identity is who you're reaching for an audience that kind of thing yeah you do I mean I've been there too especially when I was younger I mean I started this real early so I did my first U.S. tour 
when I was 18, just out of high school. And like that tour, I had to book um, through magazines and writing letters to clubs with, you know, CDs and, and actually waiting to hear back from them via letter. And it, I mean, it, it wasn't so quick with the emails at that point or anything like that. So at that time, I certainly was like trying to push my specific band, my songs, my, you know, just trying to, I want to be a successful musician. Um, and yeah, you can get a little backfire of pain and disappointment and, you know, all the things that come with identifying with the thing and pushing hard and, you know, overcoming, uh, you know, obstacles or, or you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I was definitely in many just rock and roll bands where we were pushing hard and trying to do better than the other bands. You know, we'd be playing on a bill with maybe three bands and you're trying to light the stage on fire and make the other bands almost like, be like, oh, geez, you know? Um, especially when you're on a tour opening for a band that's more popular, more famous. Maybe, you know, you brought 50 people to the show and they brought 500 and you're the opening act. But really, you're trying to, like, play better than them because mm -hmm. you want to, you know? It, and, and, that's, and that's the whole world of music. I think over time and with my own successes, I was able to kind of loosen up from that mentality mm. or maybe also disappointments or just um seeing you know like that sort of hierarchy in the music industry for sort of what it is in a lot of ways and being like okay i gotta um recheck in with why music is so special to me and you know for me luckily doing that more and more over the years has also created more opportunities and success or something you know so it's it's like one of those it's one of those things you can take a couple of different routes mm. and um yeah i mean yoga and yogaville has been very helpful to opening up this you know type of music for me that has been an interest since i was young like a young kid like making more ambient atmospheric music that was just like mood things and you know atmosphere I've been doing that since I was a kid but never really considered like maybe I should be doing this like a lot more I was always like a songwriter who would write like two and a half minute songs and you know compose something pretty tightly so it's been nice maybe the last like 10 years or so like working on was there anything specific that allowed this type of music to elevate um, well, there was a couple things, and one of them was Satya Greenstone here. Um, w when I took her teacher training, I had made some ambient music, and I always work with synthesizers. I've been doing that forever. But um, Satya had me play in her restorative yoga class a few times, like a live um, situation right here in Samadhi. And she told me that it was the first time she had ever had anyone do live music and kind of took a chance because it was a teacher training, and, um, you know, it was a, at that time it was like 25 or 30 people. And when you're in restorative yoga, you're in a really vulnerable, relaxing place. And so to be like, yeah, just, you know, do the music. It's like all it takes is one or two, like, pretty bad notes. And not that it's like the end of the world, but it definitely takes you out completely of what you're feeling. Ooh, it's, that's, um, so having that sort of, like, pressure to just keep it super chill, I did maybe two sessions with her, and it was like, really beautiful and I could feel like the holding the space not only for yeah just for the whole room and just playing the music and being like wow okay 
there's a lot more here at stake or to hold on to than just like moving to the next idea, moving to the next idea. Like there's actually people like completely opened up, relaxed. And so that was really sort of eye-opening to me is just like, um, yeah, that people need that type of music and that I, I was good at that. You know, I was like, oh yeah, it's totally natural for me. And then she asked me to make some tracks, record them for a video she was making for Integral Yoga, like a restorative thing. So I went and was like, I mean, she's so inspiring to me as a teacher that I was like, of course, it's like you're composing something for your teacher. So yeah, I went home and um, worked on a couple different pieces for her. And I thought they came out great, and she used them for a little video she made. Um, so then I was able to see it in action, and yeah, to give myself a little confidence too, to be like, wow, this amazing yoga teacher who I look up to is now using my music in her videos. So that was like empowering in some ways, it made me want to keep doing more. And then maybe about, I don't know, say six or eight months later, I got this really random call from um, a producer at YouTube that was looking for me to compose some music for meditation and yoga uh, for YouTube. And they knew I was a yogi and stuff like that, but they were saying like, you know, we're getting a lot of videos on YouTube for people doing yoga and meditation, and we don't have any music that's available for that for people when they're making videos. So they gave me this huge project, which was 20 pieces of music. Actually, they gave me a project that was 10 pieces of music. And I was like, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna make, I want to make 20. And they were like, okay, like it's still gonna be the same deadline. But I was really like, I was like, I'm gonna, I had a bunch of ideas and just went after it and ended up making this like three hour long album of meditation music. Um, but it came right on the heels of working with Satya and just like went right into this like smooth transition that was like, you know, that particular one, I'm always like, oh, that's the grace of the guru. Cause I went from like working on this little project in Samadhi to like doing this project that like millions and millions of people have heard now. And it all was like one smooth transition that I wouldn't have seen coming at all. And it happened right before the pandemic. So it was released April of 2020. I had finished it at the end of 2019. And like right when it came out it was right when the pandemic was hitting. Mm. So everyone was in their house and they needed relaxation. And so it was, it was kind of surreal. Mm. Um, and since then, it's influenced my live um, setup. So I do performances now that are way more relaxing. People lay on the floor sometimes, and uh, sometimes I'll lead yoga nidras. And so, yeah, it's really changed, like, in a lot of ways, the way that I've been approaching music and enjoying it. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I was in a, I mean, uh, this is, I got this when I was 18 on my first tour. So, you know, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> Flaming skull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got, you know, it's like I've, I've come a long way with the different types of music. and Yeah. yeah. I wonder um, if people who go to, you know, a rock concert yeah. or anything more, more intense, if they're still ultimately looking for the same or a similar thing that people who are, you know, laying down to listen to this ambient music are looking for like is it is it all about healing really probably. even if i'm not probably. identified is that probably. the whole point of music like i'm not into metal music really or stuff that's like super hard hardcore music but i think at the end of the day even that music is for people to like find some sort of healing whether it's like camaraderie with the people going to the show or the release of some emotion that's stuck in them or a freedom or something you know it must be um 
for me, I think that like what I would call like the psychedelic experience, which doesn't have to do with drugs, it's more of like, I think once I got into yoga more and more, it's like that same experience where it's like that um, loosening of the veil of just, oh, this is who I am, what I'm here for, this is what I have to do today. But that place where you kind of like, that all fades away and you're having like a, a moment. Um, and I think that even in my rock and roll band, like that's what we were going for. We were trying to lift people to this point that was outside of their normal, I show up to a show, I drink a beer, I clap. Like, but something that's like, whoa, this is transcendent. Oh my God, all of a sudden the harmonies and the, the energy and everything, it reached this point where people are like, you know. And so I think, yeah, I've always been trying to do a similar thing. And it's like hypnotize people to this like beauty and awe of just sound and life maybe in general. Um, so I, yeah, I agree, I think in some ways. I think it doesn't matter what type of music, people are usually looking for that same kind of thing. Yeah, and, and, and maybe it's the same for the listener of, of what's happening there, that when I'm really tuning in, that the identity is gone and there is just the music, just like for the musician, also the, the listener, yeah. the real gift yeah. is when there's no me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, one of my best friends, he lives out in Los Angeles, and um, he's a great musician. He went to Berkeley College of Music um, and graduated as a jazz trumpetist. But then he just became a baker and like a really high-end baker and like started making pastries and started making all these different things. And now he runs like a restaurant and a bread shop and all these places in LA and super successful, nothing to do with music. But I went and stayed with him for a few weeks and he has this whole wall, like the prop wall, just filled with vinyl records. And I mean, unbelievable records. And going to his house, at the end of every day, he'd work so hard and I'd just be sitting around playing guitars and waiting for him to come home from work. And he'd come home and like, he would put on a record and he would really just sit and like listen to the record. And that was like, and I, and I actually forgot that that's like a thing, because I'm always making music. If I'm not making music, either I'm doing yoga or doing something. But to remember that people just come and like these brilliant people that work super hard, do all these things, like they'll put on a record and sit and like right in between the sweet spot of the speakers and just really use that as their meditation. And yeah, exactly. He probably loses himself completely, he makes a cup of tea and is just sitting there and is just like, I am in the sound. Yeah. So important. I wonder about this with music too, if maybe we've overdone it. Yeah. I'm becoming more aware of like yeah. the, the importance of the question of how much. Yeah. Right. Even the things that feel like so healthy. Yeah. Know, like music. Yeah. Can I have too much of it where the value it starts to to lose itself. Like, like even I think about things like you know water, right? Because it's so plentiful. Yeah. You know, just because it's plentiful, does that mean that I should cherish it? Less. Yes. Okay. So, in relation to music, yeah. you know, is that happening a little bit? Because there's all this amazing music out there, and I'll be in the grocery store, and they'll be playing, and I'll be driving my car, and music will be playing, and it's just like all the time. And I love what you shared about your friend just coming home, and that is the only thing that he's doing. Yeah. And the deeper times when I'm really tuned into the music. Yeah it feels like it's appropriate to honor it at that level. Yeah. To, to be yeah. completely focused on it and nothing else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think music can just also distract us from things and take us out of things, you know, as well. Or music can be like reinforcing heartbreak, memories, and, you know, maybe you need that, but, you know, uh, it can also be tough. Like, it can be hard to get over certain things if you keep listening to the song that's breaking your heart because it's so raw. Um, and I'm totally guilty of that. And that's a beautiful way to work on that or reflect on something. You know, I, I mean, I'll love a song and listen to it over and over and over for months, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes if that's overdoing it sometimes, and it, might, it totally could be. Be like, oh, I'm just going back to the same vibration that's comfortable and either safe or makes me feel a certain way. But, um, but yeah, is it the now? Is it, like, what's really happening? Or am I just putting on this thing? And then also just, like, needing music all the time throughout the day, music playing all the time, like you were saying in the grocery store. Like, it's so funny. I live near Whole Foods back in Boston, and... Um, I'll go in there and I'll hear songs that like, I love the songs and they're kind of obscure sort of, but at this point they're not anymore because they're being played at Whole Foods all the time while you're just shopping for groceries. And it does somehow, I don't, does it cheapen the songs maybe? I don't know. You know, I do know that some of the best hits and the finest music were when people had to go buy the physical record, play it, or had to sit and wait for it on the radio Maybe you record it with a cassette deck. That's what I used to do. I'd sit and like wait for the song that I had heard once on the radio. And people don't even realize it. I mean, I'm not old, and I remember that very much so, where I'm like literally sitting at the radio being like, I heard that song. I heard the second half of it. It sounded awesome. I'm going to wait until they play it again. And I'm sitting there for eight hours doing different things, and they finally play it. You missed the, you, you miss the first 10 seconds, or they put an ad on the top of it. Oh, my God, record. And then you listen to it over and over. Oh, I captured it. You know, it's just a different thing. Um, and that made it super special. That becomes like your favorite song because you went out and sought it. And now it's like, yeah, it's so easily comes to you. I mean, I have Spotify. I finally got it after kind of trying to avoid it for years. And um, it is funny. Sometimes there's so many options like a Netflix or whatever that you almost are like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You just put it down. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny yeah. that that would even happen. Right? It's so interesting there with like uh, our relationships with specific songs that yeah. you know, I'm considering. Right? Like you hear something the first time and, and there's that uh, attraction. Yes. You fall in love with the song, yeah. right? And then you're in love with it for a while. Yeah. And then after a certain point, yeah. <laughs> maybe you don't yeah. want to hear it anymore yeah. because you've listened to it too much. Yep. Or you hear some of the tricks in there. Or not even tricks, but you hear these like elements that you're like, oh, or you hear mistakes. You can even like, like I've listened to Beatles songs enough that I'm like, oh, that's where they messed up the bass part. And they kind of like covered it over with something. And like you start hearing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Or, or I think the practice of hearing something new and fresh. Yes. Again, that you've heard so many times yes. before. Yep. That's a real challenge to myself. Like I'll be listening to a song I've heard so many times. Yeah. It's like, can you hear something different yeah. this time? Or can you really hear it this yeah. time? Or can you find a really high quality file of it, play it through a tube amplifier, through two really nice speakers, or a really nice set of headphones, and you realize like, oh my God, this is what they were going for. Not like the sound coming out of the speaker on my phone or just like on some Bluetooth thing and the cross the room. You know, if you really, and that's, that's me, it's like I do like to have a really nice sound setup because some of these musicians, me included, like we're spending a lot of time in the recording process 
doing things that are rewarded if you listen to with like either headphones or in the high quality ones too, because there's a lot that can be done with sound. I think a lot of um, sound things have gotten maybe less, I don't know. I don't know if it's like not as high a quality, but it's, you, you make certain trade-offs for like the convenience of like one of those JBL wireless little sound bars you can throw in your backpack. I mean, it's sweet, but there are certain elements of like proper sound, or when I know that musicians are mixing music to sound good coming out of the speaker of a cell phone, mm. and you're like, <laughs> I mean, I get that that's what people do, but you want to raise people up to be like, and have a set of left and right speakers, and put yourself in the middle, and make a mm. equilateral triangle with the middle of the cones, and it really does take on a whole new sonic space. Mm. You know? but. I want to go back to what you shared about the sequence of events that kind of led to you being more focused on this ambient music yeah, 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 yeah. with Satya's request yeah. and then YouTube's request. Yeah. And like that's so it's almost seemingly random, right? Yeah. Outside of your your control. Yep. When something like that happens in your life, yeah. does that help you to prioritize this just letting go yeah. to your life because it's so obviously, yeah. you know, not in your control? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's inspiring too. And that, is that something you're trying to do more? All the time. Yeah, and I'm always trying to do that. I don't really have like um I don't I, I over the years I've developed less of a like a need to, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that at all. I just feel like I'm super grateful and lucky, I've been in a nice stream. I try to work hard um, at the things that are presented to me. Um, and I have more creative ideas than I have time to get through. So when someone steps in and gives me a little pri priority because they want something, it's really helpful. You know, it's like, okay, that's the right. Because a lot of times I feel like I'm just doing the things, getting prepared for someone randomly is gonna be like, hey, can you do this? And I'm all ready to do it. It could be four years of waiting, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that particular instance felt very good because it felt natural. And I think that it, this path, specifically right now, what I've been doing with meditation music and colors and proje video projections and things like that, it's very easy for me. Like, it feels like I've um, sort of arrived into my own thing, that it just feels comfortable and that I can be as creative as I want. It's still very much of service, and uh, it's an interesting interesting place to land. Because sometimes if you're in a rock and roll band or something, you could be doing great things and people are like, oh, that song's awesome, that song's awesome. But um, you're still following a path that's been traveled a bunch by different bands and you're in this sort of music business that's sort of selling songs and images and things like that. And when you kind of step out and are making like sort of ambient healing music for maybe people that are meditating or people that are doing yoga kind of takes on a different vibe entirely. I wanted to ask you about that yeah. too, you know, because I got a chance to experience this a, yeah. few, a few weeks ago. Yeah. When you led, you know, it's hard to even describe what, what, it, what it was, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. Were, you were performing yeah. Yeah. and it was kind of just an open practice space oh, that for, thing. Yeah, for, yeah. for people to, yeah. you know, dance if you want to yeah. dance, do yoga if you want to do yeah. it, do, meditate if you want to. Yeah. Like, and what I'm curious about 
is what was your experience yeah. facilitating that yeah, space? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and like for me, the crucial aspect yeah. that was so special yeah. is the freedom. Yes. Like even going to a music festival, which is very free, yeah. I don't feel that level of freedom yeah, yeah, yeah. as I do in the space in the space that you led, yeah, yeah, where yeah, I. Yeah. You know, because sometimes I want to sit down and I want to be still and I just want to be meditating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I want to let my body, yep. you know, move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's a few things. That's, that's, that's awesome. Thanks for, first of all, I didn't know that was even going to happen here. And I credit a lot of it to the Yogaville community just being super cool and just like open to just being themselves. So that was really sweet. And I remember the next day I was talking to a friend and I was like, I've been doing, I'm doing the same thing that I do in the cities and all sorts of stuff but it's so sweet doing it here because I'm looking out and I'm just seeing like legs go up and then like uh, legs go up over here and then someone's dancing and then like four people are just completely motionless for 40 minutes and, and, and I'm only seeing shadows. Um, but one thing I would credit it to, um, and I've sort of been messing with this for a while, is the video projections because I think when you're able to shut the lights off and have just moving colors and things to sort of, when people want to be distracted or they want to just look at one thing and have things unfold and move around, it sort of helps some way, like loosen people up a little bit. I don't know what it is. Um, it, it works for me, so I realized it worked for them. I, I also make music at a drug rehabilitation center, so when I'm back home, that's like one of my main jobs. And I use these video projections for the people, so I come in, and it's a room maybe half the size of this samadhi room. And there's maybe 30 people in there. And I'll teach yoga and blast visuals all over the walls and the ceiling, just bright colors uh, moving around. And something about that gives people a freedom. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's like, well, if these colors are melting on the walls and everything, but like I feel more comfortable. I don't, I don't know exactly why it is, but mm. somehow... Um, that helps. I don't know if it's because people don't think anyone's looking at them because there's already way more stimulation. And I think that's part of it. Yeah. It's like when there's just stillness and people are talking or playing music, you're aware that you're just here. Someone could just start looking at you. Like someone else could start looking at you. But when you're in a space where there's already moving colors, there's sound vibrations moving around. And yeah, I think you're more apt to just kind of feel like you're, you know, a movable, shadowy kind of thing. And, and just, and then the music that I'm trying to make is one that would bring you inside or be like, cause I'm completely almost inside when I'm playing, especially during that. In no way am I trying to be like, I'm a performer, pay attention to me at all. I'm like, look elsewhere, you know, like, yeah, listen. Actually, it I'm, actually happened to me when I was there. Yeah. It was like maybe, you know, yeah. 30 minutes through or an hour through yeah. and I was just like, Oh. You're like, oh, Saudi's here. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. exactly. And that's what I'm trying for. You know, yeah. it's like I had years of jumping around like a nut and doing, you know, with my guitar and everything. And um, now it's like I just want to get lost in the sound, and I would love other people to. I mean, if they want to look at me doing it, it's fine. But, I mean, it's really like what you're hearing. So, um, so I think that's part of it, too. I think people are like, oh, well, this guy's not doing anything. I can look at him a couple times, and then I'll just go into my own experience and just, like, trust the music. And I think that's what I'm trying to do more is have people have an internal experience. Um, and maybe that's because I already had my little time of being, like, famous and being in a rock band and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, I, remember, I know what that's like. I, I couldn't possibly want to keep doing that all the time. And so... 
you know, when I travel back into the sound, it's more of an internal thing, and then trying to give people that experience too of just this relaxation and harmony, and um, which doesn't have a ton of ego in it. It really doesn't. I mean, the music I make now, in some ways, is a lot, lot, lot simpler. I mean, it's sometimes it's not changing key. I mean, this, I mean, this, this sounds beautiful, and I love it. But all it took was me tuning this for a long time, and I'm just doing that. I mean, you could do it. But it's just, you know, like getting to that point where it's like, oh, that sounds really good. It feels good. Like, and then, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in, in all my playing of every instrument, it's like, that's, I'm like arriving at this place yeah. that's like even more simple. Yeah, I wonder a lot about this. If it, just an outlook in life can be much simpler than we make it. Yeah. And where it gets really complicated is when I'm trying to um, understand, predict how someone else is reacting as opposed to just trusting in the yeah. experience that I'm having, especially in relation to this, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's kind of what I hear you saying a little yeah. bit is, yeah. is you moving to the place where you're just doing what feels good to you and you're just yeah. allowing yourself yeah. to experience your time well, Yes, you know? And it just so happens that the byproduct of that is something that's very valuable to other people. But I wonder, like, would it be as valuable to other people if you were more focused on making it valuable for them? That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would find, I find that the best music that I came up with for this meditation album were the tracks that when I would go back and listen, I would almost be like, whoa, that, when, like, I wouldn't recognize that I was doing it. I'd be like, oh, I must, you know, you just set up all the conditions to record, all the sounds, you do all the sound design of your keyboard, maybe there's eight different sounds that you blend through, and you set up everything, you set up the vibe, you have your cup of tea, you make sure you're super chill, and that's just to, like, begin, but then I might play for two, three hours, and I'll listen back to it maybe a week later, for real, I'll listen back to it, and in there, I'm like, whoa, there's like 25 minutes there where I don't know what was going on. And I don't know what was going on. I know that I was there pressing the keys, but I'm not um, thinking about it so much. And um, yeah, there's something really simple to that. I mean, I'm not doing anything difficult at all, but I am setting up the conditions and just being tuned in and allowing your, and, and, yourself and, to have a good experience and that's the thing is my experience yeah. becomes very um very holy for myself like mm-hmm. the experiences of just doing this are amazing and so then when i start being like wow that's really cool like i, I don't even feel like i did that i just set up the conditions t- for this to be channeled through me kind of you know like i don't think of it like that like i'm a channel but it is like that i yeah. mean i really think it is music in so many ways i mean it's just you're just you practice enough that like you can just sort of open up and just play um so me doing that and getting better at that in my own practice not for anyone else i mean and before that youtube thing there'd be times where for weeks in a row almost three hours a day i would find myself sitting on the floor with keyboards just practicing and playing and it was for no reason other than just being in that meditative state and being in the place with sound and um, so the more and more I got into that, exactly, more other people started resonating with that as well. Because I think internally we all are harmonizing to similar things. And you can tell when someone's 
hit a place of inner peace a bit, you know, with sound and stuff like that. You know, a lot of times with ambient music and electronic music, especially now, my competition or whoever is making this, a lot of it's pretty automated at this point. Like, like there's a lot of videos on YouTube that have millions of views and it's like eight hours of relaxing music, blah, blah, blah. And I'll click on it and I'm like, I can tell, I'm like, this is a computer. Or this is someone programming a computer to make relaxing music. Like they're not even there. Um, and no one's hitting a keyboard. No one's like breathe, you know, no one's doing that. And it's still pretty good. But I'm amazed that people can tell a difference. People write to me, and the way that they write to me about the meditation music is like, I can tell there's something in there that you have. Um, and it, that, that, I don't know, there's, some, there's something there. And that's been revealing to me. Like, oh, people can tell the difference between like a human going deep with sound and a human that is trying to make deep music for people by using a computer or something, you know? It, there's, and there's almost a subtle difference, but there's a difference. And so, I don't know, it's, it's probably the time just spent sitting and doing it. Mm. I love what you mentioned about setting up the conditions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this is re really important yeah. to realize that this is what's happening, whether whether it's music yeah. or I set up a specific time for myself to meditate exactly. or do yoga or yeah. what, whatever it is, that that's what's happening is that I'm setting up the conditions for myself to have a positive experience and potentially tap into this flow state really yes. that maybe our hearts are, are craving. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, the exact, it's the same as meditation. And everyone knows like you have a better meditation when you are like, okay, I'm gonna wake up at this time, I'm taking a shower, I'm putting on my meditation outfit, going into that one spot, I'm not gonna check my phone. You know, all the ritual and the thing to prepare yourself for, the, it's super important. Same with, yeah, it's totally the same with music. I yeah. mean, you're setting up the conditions to be free, to feel yeah. open, yeah. supported. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it almost feels like, you know, it's, you know, getting high, but without using any substances. Yeah. But that's really what we want, is we want to get high. We want to connect with God. We want to yep. feel good. Feeling good is is being high. It's feeling yeah. light, you know? That's how I got that job at the, the rehab. It, like, I had a friend who was a, a counselor there, and she had been working there for years. And she got me an interview with the owner of, and it's a really nice, big, modern drug rehabilitation center. And And I don't have any specific, like, training with that. My mom actually was a, a drug rehabilitation counselor as well but um but they were like so what are you wanting to do and, and I and I said well like to be totally honest I want to make people feel like they're on drugs mm, which without them without yeah. drugs yeah. and and um let's not beat around the obvious here like all these people are here because they took it way too far with drugs but they did that because they were trying to reach a state of mm. peace and healing and this place where they could release from just being their person with all their tensions and all their problems and their mother-in-law and you know, this and that and you know, just all the things. Um, and luckily for me, I've been able to figure out ways for sound and light to help people do that. So it's like, yeah, I'm trying to get people to feel like they're high with sound and mm. light. And Maybe that's really the only way to replace 
what Honestly. you know someone who's in rehab oh, yeah. you know their situation replace yeah. it with a, a cleaner natural high exactly. that doesn't have the I side effects I was talking effects. to Durga Leela about it because uh, she was here when I first arrived and I showed her some of the clips you know of what I've been doing and I was like is this something that is this you know basically it was like I, I don't know anyone else doing this is this cool like <laughs> and she was like yes this is amazing because people that are coming in especially early days of rehab they can barely get off the floor sometimes and just coaxing them with sound and light to feel comfortable to sit up and just kind of passively take things in and get a little more energy and awareness. It's like, it's huge. I didn't even, she put it into words for me, but I was like, yeah, I think that's what's happening actually. Cause I've seen these like amazing results from people that come in um, all messed up, you know, totally messed up. And within two or three months, they're like, thank you so much for this. And, oh, you know, yada, yada, loving the visuals, showing up, taking their shoes off, getting a blanket, just getting cozy. I mean, just the fact that you have a room of, you know, all strangers that are all there for one reason. And now they're like getting psyched to get cozy, take their shoes off, relax, like, you know, maybe sleep, uh, that kind of thing. Um, it's really, it's really been cool. It's really been cool for me to experience that. Do you find when, when what you're doing is feeding other people, yeah, you know, and helping them, that that feeds you back? Absolutely, yeah. That's motivating you to yeah. continue. I mean, like, yeah, is yeah. that even your main interest? What I um, well, I mean, it's it, honestly when I first started that job, or even teaching yoga, it's like I'm like terrified. I don't, I don't love doing it every, every, you know, not, not every time, but for many months, it's scary. Cause you think of yourself, like, I'm not a teacher, man. I got so many problems on my own. I got this, I got that. And I got to show up for this group of people and hi, well, you know, um, but yeah, seeing the reflection and seeing that it's actually helping and it really does fuel me to do it more and more. Cause it's like, Oh wait, this is actually working. People are telling me that this is their experience, so I need to start believing them and believe in myself and believe in what has, you know, what has been happening. Because, I mean, this is still just that extension of what I was saying with Satya into the other project of meditation music into now I'm not just doing it in my studio, but I'm doing it with people in real life. And that's when it totally becomes a different thing. Like, I'm honestly planning to start traveling around and trying to hit up yoga studios. I had mentioned it to you, just, just doing this very thing and, and being in real life about it and connecting with people. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about art and creativity. Yeah. Cause when I go on your YouTube channel and yeah. watch some of the videos, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're so <laughs> creative. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can share just a bit about that, process like yeah how does something like that manifest well a lot of those videos um are collaborations with my friends that are just incredible artists um and but they're like close friends you know i like to work with my close friends and luckily over the years i've cultivated some relationships with people that are just like insanely talented and know me so like there's the video where i'm like a bunch of gnomes like little gnomes and i'm riding on the top of my dog and going through all these adventures um, that's actually like one of my closest friends that I grew up with. I've known him since I was a little kid. And uh, he ended up becoming a really well-known like video editor and he edits TV shows and, you know. And I had this song that was successful and doing well. And I said, hey, could, 
do you have any ideas for making a video for this? And, you know, he was like, yeah, this would be fun. And he had all the ideas and he wrote out the whole thing. He shot, you know, so it was just like, and I just became like this actor in my own little video. Some of the more psychedelic videos with the, um, fra the mandala sort of art that's like changing everything. Um, that's actually this guy who's now in his mid 70s. And he started making that art in the 60s. And it's just this beautiful process that he came up with making sort of machines with fragments of light and sending, you know, light beams through it and then capturing it on a wall. And I mean, all sorts of this elaborate video stuff. But his intentions was totally to put people in a meditative, relaxing space. I mean, the intentions were the same. So when we met and became friends, it was like a no-brainer. It was like, oh, we're meant to be working together. Um, so... Yeah, I guess following some of my passions and following some of my creative ideas have just led me to these places of working with other people that are in the same kind of, you know, spectrum. And um, yeah, and, and obviously color for me, for some reason, has always been really, the color and sound spectrum have always been kind of mashed. I don't think I have like synesthesia, but something like that, you know, where it's just, it all feels tied in. Um, so ever since a young age, music has always been sort of like hand in hand with some kind of visuals for me, mm. if, if possible. Another thing that I noticed yeah. seems to be a relation, interesting relationship with, with history, with past, with things that yeah. are, that are old that you yeah. like, like yeah. old cartoons yeah. and Westerns and things yeah. like that. What's, what's going yeah, on there? I, yeah, I, I honestly, um... You know, I think I was born in the right era, but I definitely relate to older time periods in terms of art and music a lot more, um, especially the 60s. And I don't know if there was just like a renaissance of just thought and, you know, people breaking out of old paradigms. And so there was like an explosion of, I mean, a huge reason why I ended up getting turned on to integral yoga was because I had already been a fan of like Peter Max and art mm. like that and things like that. And once I started realizing the scope of um, the history of integral yoga. And like, oh, Carol King, one of my favorite songwriters, she was involved, Alice Coltrane, she was involved, one of my favorite musicians, like these artists and the type of colors and sounds that were being inspired by also this practice and everything, it was really appealing to me. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, with both of my parents being musicians, when I was a young kid, I inherited a lot of my dad's record collection. So, I mean, I would be five or six years old going cover to cover on like every Bob Dylan record, every Beatles record, every Simon and Garfunkel record, every, you know, just the whole gamut. And then back from that, I mean, my favorite um, comedians are Laurel and Hardy from the 20s and 30s. I just, something about older stuff, um, I don't know if there's like a purity to it because it's like n there wasn't as much. I don't. I don't know. I just always feel like I'm looking to the past in some ways to be inspired to create things for the future. Mm. Um, I don't get super inspired by things from the '90s on uh, in terms of art, and maybe that's because so much money was thrown into the mix by that point that like it just felt like. I mean, I know commercialization was always happening, but it felt like. I don't, is it the tail wagging the dog or something at some point? But it feels like at a certain point, it just became like too business heavy and it affected the art 
to me, and then it affected the culture, and then the culture reflecting the art, and I don't feel super in tune with pop culture at all in the last bunch of years. But it's interesting because I do feel like I'm a pop artist in a lot of ways. Even when I'm making meditation music and stuff like that, I'm thinking about it from a sort of pop standpoint in that it should be relatable to all people or a lot of people. Like I'm not trying to make art for like just a specific, mm -hmm. I'm trying to make it for someone who's 80 years old in a wheelchair, a little kid, you know, like people in the inner city. Like I want to make music that can kind of touch different people. So that's, I guess, what you're trying to do when you're making pop music. But I think that from like maybe 1985 forward, I'm like less and less <laughs> inspired by. And that's just me. So maybe I just use it as my own secret tool because I just have always been. But like if you look at my record collection or like my computer files of songs, I mean, it goes so far back and just like, yeah. Not modern, <laughs> yeah, at all. Do you think also that could have something to do with just mm, our relationship with our childhoods? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Is there something so fresh and new yeah. and awe-inspiring yeah. about life? That, yeah. 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 I mean, I got I got into the things in the two thousands and the nineties. I mean, I got everyone. You know, I had a. You know, I'm learning Nirvana songs and I, all this all the stuff. But when I really like look back and what's like internally yeah it's older stuff is like like cartoons that are hand drawn rather mm -hmm. than ones that are now just computer and yeah. stuff like that you know mm -hmm. yeah. uh finally i wanted to just ask about your experience in the teacher training if you have anything yeah. to, to share about what that's done for you it's been what the, you just finished a couple days ago yeah it was three weeks of you know yoga immersion yeah, yeah. it's amazing i mean it's incredible so i um i came in april and I staffed uh, the basic teacher training uh, with Swami Divyananda. And that was amazing. I hadn't been back to Yogaville be since before COVID. I've been coming here since maybe 2012, I figured it out. So um, that was great. It was great to be like sort of warmed back up into, um, you know, a sort of like schedule that happens all day long or you know just a thing you're constantly something's happening and then yes yeah, stepping into that three-week intermediate teacher training I mean it was incredible it was incredible um there was points where like it felt like my body was like burning off so much karma and just like realigning itself I mean there's a, there's a point where you're like halfway through it and I didn't know many of the yoga positions in the intermediate or the next levels. I kind of, I stick with my, my basic class, um, love it, use it as a moving meditation, and that gets me to be able to sit comfortably, and that's what I'm doing it for. But when I saw that Satya was having another training, um, that that didn't happen too often, and I was just ready to come down and like step up my personal practice. Um, and I totally got that, you know, by the end I was doing headstands in the correct way that, you know, you, you learn here and, you know, learning peacock and getting into peacock and getting into all, like, realizing, like, oh, like, there's a lot of things that I can be doing with this body that I didn't even try or know about before. Um, me and Vyasa were maybe the third day into it 
doing like lizard pose and a couple like hip opening things. And we're the same age, we were born in the same year. And uh, we're looking at each other like, how did we not know about <laughs> hip opening? Like, you know, we, we both are kind of like, just kind of dumb to it. And then just realizing like, oh my God, my body feels so much better now, we're so much more open. And um, the energetic awareness that I got from the ITT was astounding. Um, like, I already feel like I'm pretty good energetically, like, you know, feeling and feeling other people around me and things like that. But coming out of that with the, all the pranayama and just like really tangibly feeling prana and understanding like, whoa, and just seeing how I was when I showed up as opposed to now when I'm leaving, you know, it's like a remarkable difference. Mm. Um, Right on the last day of this teacher training, my best friend from growing up called me and we hadn't talked in several months. And he called me because he saw a picture of me working on the farm at Yogaville. And he was like, oh my God, he's like, Jesse's been at Yogaville. I forgot he was still there. He's been, he's going deep. Um, and so he called me and he was just asking me, you know, how it's been. And I could hear myself just super excited, just talking to him, like um, feeling the best I've felt in so long super healthy, super inspired, um, just like what an amazing community and this and that. And it was really cool to hear myself telling, because you hear yourself telling stories about what's going on and sometimes it's not the best. And it was really cool to hear myself talking to my friend and it inspiring him, him being like, sounds awesome, man. It sounds really, you know, it, it was cool. I can just tell my vibration in general is just mm. um, high. My body feels really clean and just, yeah, peaceful and really inspired. I mean, there's points with making music that you're trying to find that peaceful clarity to just be a channel, to, yeah. to relax and play. And sometimes it takes a little bit of work to find that. And so having these couple months here to just train and to be with Sangha and with all these people doing it together, um, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, it's like, I feel so grateful for that well thank you for sharing yeah i'm grateful to have gotten to know you yeah miss, miss having you around here that's yeah. for sure yeah i'm gonna come miss back you soon here. yeah absolutely uh would you mind ending we play us out with a little bit? Uh, all right so i brought some chopsticks let's see if we can get into a little vibe here
Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.